Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Rob, uh, welcome back. We're 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 back in the saddle. Yes, we are, Todd. It's been it's been a couple weeks, and it's great to be back uh, talking about podcasting on the New Media Show. It's it's uh, it's great. And uh, I'm here uh, on the East Coast in Baltimore. I'm a uh, very, very close to the BWI airport. As a matter of fact, uh, d- directly following this show, I grab my uh, suitcase and roll out of here. So uh, I got a late checkout, so I'm good. <laughs> but anyway, everyone, <laughs> welcome to the to the new media show. And this is why we are audio only today. But um, it seems like it's been forever, but we got a lot to talk about today. But uh, Rob, uh, you and I are a one-week post-NAB. How's your uh, how's your post NAB week been? It's been okay. Trying to get uh, caught up with everything that's been going on. Yeah, that's for me, for sure. it's like getting all the emails out to everyone we talk to, and you know, getting those conversations started. And overall, I though I'm I'm pretty happy with the show. Um, the location that the podcast pavilion in was in was in, not great, but not necessarily 100 percent bad. We had a pretty good, uh, you know, the traffic kind of went in surges, you know, a little bit. But uh, I don't know. How did you feel about the traffic and location? Well, we actually were in a, a spot that was almost like an island. Um, there weren't a lot of people coming through. <laughs> so, I mean, it was good. Um, really, I think from the bigger perspective, it, it was just great that the National Association of Broadcasters um, created a pavilion for podcasting this year. I think it's a it's a... It's a good step forward for the industry to to be accepted by that huge organization. Now, now we still can't become members yet, so we're not really part part of the the club yet entirely. But but I think we're we're definitely uh, making some inroads, and they seem to be thinking about us a lot more than they have been over the last few years. Yeah, they they sure have. And uh, I'll say one thing though: I think this year, um, you know, I did a full out marketing push to get. Not only get press in the booth, but also to get broadcasters in the booth. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was, uh, you know, I spent a, I spent a considerable amount of money to do that um, because it's not cheap to market through the NAB to those folks, and that was pretty successful. I'm I'm very very pleased, and we used um, certain keywords in our mailings to them to kind of get an indication when they came to the booth. Um, you know, how they had heard about us mm-hmm. being there. And, uh, but there was one category of content producers that I completely, and I'll be honest with you, Rob, I'm, we haven't talked about it very much. There's one category that we've completely forgot about. And do you know which category that is? Of, uh, of what, of content creators? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, I can't think of, I can't think of a, what are you thinking? TV. Oh, TV. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I didn't really forget about it because they definitely came by the booth. I just didn't know if yeah. it was something that I that, that we had forgotten about. I don't I but but you're I, right. I, had, I think yeah, it's yeah, I, I, I didn't market I didn't market to them at all. And I'm I marketed towards radio executives and GMs and I did not do any targeted mailings or blog posts or anything for television folks but then my first tv guy came into the booth and talked about what he wanted to do and he had some really cool ideas i was like whoa i kind of forgot about this i have you know i again 
it's just I was reminded that the NAB show is not just radio, it's television too. And I kind of failed in my duties to to really go after that demographic to to lure them to the booth. So, um, it, but anyway, I won't make that mistake next year. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think I had some some TV folks come by by the booth, and I know more and more people are starting to you know they think of it kind of as a repurposing thing where they'll take right take some of the audio from the the video and put it out as a podcast and i you know i think a lot of people have been doing that but you're right todd i think um i don't think that that side of the media business really thinks about that stuff too much so i think it would make sense to 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 reach out sometimes the only other problem with that is sometimes the when you're a video producer, kind of the audio kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. So the audio quality can be kind of sucky on video, though. That's the only downside. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was asked to keep the you know the plans that some of the folks we talked to in confidence, but they came to me with some new ideas on what they're going to do uh, with their content. And like you said, a supplemental content to a TV program or series. Yeah. And um you know, I was uh, kind of blown away. I thought some of the stuff that they were thinking about was pretty good. So you know, I'll talk about that when I can. But it's definitely um uh, they see it uh, I guess for a better word, they see it as a marketing vehicle. And um I think that uh, you know, they're smart to do so. So we'll see what uh what happens. Well, hopefully they'll they'll start to look at the opportunity as a maybe another avenue for them to support their video with audio content. Is kind of what I was kind of pointing them to. The whole repurposing of video content is probably not not the best solution here, um, but I think it does require them to change their mindset. I mean, if they're going to produce a audio series to support their their video series that that requires a little bit of a brain shift in their in their understanding of how this medium can work together with what they're doing i think that a lot of people on that side tend to think that um they don't really need to do that so or, or they just need to re- repurpose the audio from their video and 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 i think probably thinking you know kind of not unlike what a lot of um the the tv fan podcasts do you know the the ones that are trying trying to support um, their their community of viewers uh, with an audio program. So, yeah. Well, the the folks I talk to are going to go well beyond that. So I'm were they now? in Curry. Oh yeah. So like, like I said, like I totally was, original stuff. Is that what they're? I thinking? just I I can't go into any details <laughs> because it's I mean it's what they are thinking about doing is really cool. Oh so good. I'll just yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Top, yeah. Top so secret. just. <laughs> That's right, you know, and uh, but believe me, everyone here will be the first to know when I can, you know, kind of. And it's it, may, you know, it's not like a super secret, but it makes a lot of sense. You're going to go ah, and uh, anyway, so I'm, and I think that uh, there's cool things coming to podcasting from uh, from TV producers and to TV, you know, the type of companies like HBO and you know those types of folks are going to be bringing some cool stuff to market. So. Um, I'm excited to see what what they do, but um, you know a lot of the discussions we had with uh, I think my how I came off the show, you know I'm kind of evaluating a week later and the conversations I had, or at least with the radio executives that did stop by, 
they are taking a little more serious um, than what I've seen in the past. It was at least a serious discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we, we were really promoting this idea of, you know, you've got a radio station and you've got to drive and you know you've and we've talked about this on the show a lot already you take those segments of drive that are cool and you you post those up as a podcast for the local community mm-hmm. but oftentimes what radio doesn't have and this is the basically the discussion i had with the radio execs that stopped by i said listen you, you you may not have a tech segment you may not have a food segment you may not have a science segment or a gardening segment you, you, you got all this stuff you should have but you don't have mm-hmm. so you know radio invented syndication so why not go out and find 10 15 shows that you really love in the podcasting space and uh, add them to your digital side of your station so basically they bring them in and they'll be digitally on the uh, you know on the k you know khbh.com or whatever the call sign of that radio station is and then um, once you get comfortable with the content creator then set up times where that tech segment can come in for a five-minute discussion about what's cool this week and supplement the radio side with short interviews with a podcaster that gives podcaster radio exposure and they you know they kind of fill out their content for the, their local station and, and you know the I told the guy I said you know you're going to look for people that maybe are local too so that you know you can keep that local element in there yeah um with a podcaster that may be globally listened to. So, you know, it's almost as if, I hate to say it, it's like we're we're force-feeding them ideas. <laughs> oh, of course, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, a couple of the execs were like, I didn't even ever think about that. And I'm like, come on, guys, you know, you, you're the ones that do syndication. Why would this not have been like a natural... Well, they don't think digital. No, they think no, broadcast. That's right. Like, you know. That's right. And I keep and I so I'm, I'm like, listen, this is this is for your digital side, and those you get comfortable with, then you bring them on the radio. Yeah. So I'm hoping that groundwork will fruit some success or fruit bear fruit for yeah. the podcasters out there because every time you see, all we need this is the this is the little trick. All we need, Rob, is a couple of these stories to pop. Mm-hmm. That let's say some big station in San Francisco or New York or L.A. or some major metropolitan area that has a huge market share all of a sudden adds a dozen podcasts to its website and then starts bringing on podcasting talent. All we need is a couple stories like that and there will be a tsunami. It'll, you know, There will be podcasters that will be getting uh, offers from every radio station in the country because they're going to figure out, oh, ho, ho, look what they're doing. It's working. So we don't, you know, all we need is a couple of stations to get this going. And then believe me, if, you know, if I'm involved in helping them get going, it's going to be press release and blog post. And we're, we're going to be, you know, pushing it heavy. And what it's a, it's a full circle thing. And then we'll guess what it's going to do. It's going to make that audience at that radio station say, podcast, what are podcasts? And maybe we start to feed the listener glut. With radio folks, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, they 
they definitely need to start thinking digital first. And I think that's, that is a, that's going to be a tough one for some of them to swallow that uh, it's somewhere down the path here. They're going to be uh, primarily an on-demand podcast. That's where their audience is going to be. It's a, it's a, but it is a generational shift. I, I, I believe, I mean, even, even public radio realizes this. I, I was talking to a person from public radio yesterday that's been working in the medium for a long time. And, and, she plainly acknowledges the fact that there's a different audience listening to the radio side than listening that's listening to digital and and unless they start supporting um the digital side more they're going to lose that audience it's going to go other places um so you know starting to think that way it's not an easy transition um i mean a lot of them have a lot of infrastructure and a lot of talent and a lot of orientation towards um working on the the analog side with their radio stations and uh, at some point they're going to be compromised and it's not going to work out well for them in the long run and you know and some of these ideas todd that you're coming up with and and i've been pushing for a local content for a long time too and uh is that they'll start to see how it's possible over there and because it's really at the end of the day todd it, as you know it's all about content i mean that's what it is i mean all all we are talking about is is a different distribution method to some degree, but it does cause you to create a, a different orientation towards your content too. So th- there is an adjustment on both sides. Um, so you can't just you know repurpose. You have to recreate. I mean, you have to think of your your new digital audience. Keep that audience in mind because it is a unique medium. And that was, you know, and that's hard. I mean, we're down there at the, at the NAB, not, you know, I'm pulling it back to NAB a little bit here is uh, we're trying to transition an older medium over to a, to a new medium and thus the name of the show. But, uh, and, and that's not an easy thing for some people because they've spent their whole careers working on one side. Um, like I'm going to be down at the worldwide radio summit here in a couple of weeks down in Los Angeles. Um, I, I like to call it, I'm going into the lines then because that's, that's old, old school, old line radio at that conference. And, oh and, yeah. Yeah. And I know Todd, you've been down there, you've done that conference and, <laughs> and it's a, I'm, I'm fully prepared for it to be a, you know, a tough audience, you know, to, but I'm, I'm pretty much the only they, one on the panel, Todd, that's, that's, uh, that's on the podcasting side. If they stay in the room during the panel and don't get a cocktail, <laughs> well, that's 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 going to be interesting to see because that's going to be a sign of where those guys are at in all this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I I think that my I'm not trying to, um, and I know many of you are independent podcasters. You're tired of hearing us talk about the radio space, but my goal is not to antagonize the radio folks and make them have to think digital first because they won't. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get them to hedge and add an insurance policy for the future to start planning for the future of of what this is. And, you know, I I should not have to be doing this. They should be smart enough to be doing this on their own. You know, these, these are not, these are not, uh, these are smart people. Oh, sure. And, um, you know, they, you know, they have, uh, a lot more years in producing content and building networks and syndicating content and exciting audiences than, than, you know, than I will ever have. And so if we can just get set some seeds and try to make them think a little bit, that's all we can do. So, yeah, um, well, but, but you do need to, at the same time set 
kind of like a, a goal for them too, because um, this kind of this ease of transition um, can 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 somewhat placate them. You know, I mean, it can also uh, you know allow them to to realize that things aren't changing as fast as they probably really are. Um, that would be my only caution with that. But but I get your point. I mean, it's it's easier to get them to to uh you know crawl before they 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 walk right that same analogy is let's get them on the path of transition um versus just stonewalling and i think that's somewhat what we've been up against here is just kind of like well it doesn't fit with our models and how do we make money from it and nobody's making any money on podcasting you know that's that's the attitude that we're facing out there that's true yeah. So anyway, that's, you know, I guess from an NAB standpoint, I'm pretty, um, well, you know, in, in the end, the show was great. But in the end, how many, you know, for you and I both, we've got to change, you know, that was an expensive show. That was probably, probably 20 grand. You know, I had uh, three of us down there, hotels, food, airlines, you know, so now I have to go out and do some deals. And if I don't, you know, in in the end, that's what it's. I'm not there. Like when I go to podcast movement, we're there to wave the flag and say, "Hey, we're still in business," and say hello. And let's, you know, sure we're going to get some new customers, but we also go to support the community. And but NAB yeah. is a different different goal. NAB is, uh, you know, contract signed and um, you know, and vendors, uh, um, you know, coming on as clients. So that's that's the uh, the end goal for that show. I think though um, this week. And I don't know if you're seeing this or not, but man, my email, I I don't, this was the week of private podcasting. I, so when you say private podcasting, you're talking about like, like, like behind corporate firewalls and stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. It's the week. Yeah. It's, I mean, one after the other. And I, I'm like talking in our private Slack channel over at, at Blueberry. I'm like, and literally, what is going on? You know, was there a Business Week article or something triggered? It's it just, you know, I get one of these maybe a week. No, this week it was an onslaught. And uh, it's it's kind of funny because I'm like, what authentication system do you use? Okay, great. And I just then I just changed the name on the proposal and sent the proposal over. <laughs> you know, I had I've got the, the proposals ready. Here's what here's and the guy's like, wow, you turn that around real quick and say, yeah, we're quick here. <laughs> you know, truth be told, I actually had uh, uh, you know, it's because I've been churning these things out all week. So I I yeah. just think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I was talking to one of the representatives from Podbean down at down, down at the NAB too, and they were telling me that one of the big initiatives that Podbean has is on the the enterprise podcasting side, and that's working with big corporations to to do internal communications across their right. their VPN networks. Um, you know, th- these are not typically publicly available uh, pieces of content; they're they're no. more in, internal productions to support large groups of employees. Uh, so, and that's something that I was involved a little bit at back when I was working at, uh, Microsoft, they had a SharePoint, um, plugin that, that you could add to your, your SharePoint, um, on, on the back end that the supported sharing of podcast like content. Um, but it was yeah. like, you know, secure sign in RSS feeds and yep. all sorts of stuff like that. 
So, but uh, it it goes a little beyond, you know, even government, uh, you know, yeah. government uh, entities wanting stuff too, and oh, yeah. you know, basically the U.S. government requires. There's lots of rules on media handling and your who you have. If you have any offshore help? If you're U.S. based, there's you know all kinds of crazy rules, and luckily we're able to to work with most of those groups. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's been, been been an interesting week uh, for sure. Yeah. But um, that was kind of a, but oh well. There's one other 800 pound grill in the room causing us trouble. You want to talk about it? <laughs> well, should we talk about it? But I think we probably should. I mean, I think most people that listen to this would probably have some sort of benefit from it. I think you're you're referring to uh, the new player to the podcasting space um, called Spotify. Is that who you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're definitely causing some some headaches in our world. That's for sure. Um, they've they've decided decided that they're not going to um, be adding shows uh, or adding shows very slowly for the next four to six weeks. So, and that's uh, bogging things down, as they say. Because all of us, and I know Todd, you did too, and Lipson and and Podbean and all sorts of the hosting platforms really ramped up. You know, fast. We added capabilities to add shows very quickly, and then it's kind of like a fire hose. And Spotify decided to <laughs> turn off the hose going in, right? So yeah, they they. I think you know. And here's the thing: I I warned them. I said, "Here is the number, <laughs> and this is what I expect you to get." And they're. And I think they were like, "Oh, okay, great." And then you know, you send them five thousand shows on a well, list. I didn't do that, Todd. I didn't set up five thousand at a time. So you're the real reason why this Well no, no we didn't send them five thousand at a time either. We but you know, we sent them batch and they said, Yep, yeah. that's approved batch. You know, I had a new batch ready for them. Every time they say, Yep, we processed that another batch you know, and it and it and it wasn't, you know, three hundred shows. It was twelve hundred, eighteen hundred. You know, so yeah, so and and not just me, you, Libson, uh, Podbean, Buzzsprout, all everybody yeah. Yeah. And we're all sending over literally thousands of shows that want to be listed over there. And I think they went, ah! They started so, to choke on it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so... so I'm not sure that they place. realized how popular it was going to be or how <laughs> many people wanted to get on. Um, but I also got got the impression, too, that it was a kind of a performance issue from the standpoint of the, the back end. I know that there's some yeah. issues with the service not picking up new episodes and things like that. So it, it is a little bit more than just the feed ingestion side. Though, no, they're though definitely just, doing dev yeah. work. Yeah, so just prior to that, they actually gave us the APIs. So Right, right. <laughs> it, it's like everybody's excited about the APIs, and that would have just flooded them even more, right? <laughs> so anyway, it's it, it's kind of a nightmare because, in, like, Todd, you've put it out there. I saw it on Facebook where you made a comment that – Please realize that it's uh, it's not your host's fault for what's happening here. And it is a well, nightmare I, for us. It is a nightmare for us because there's a lot of disappointed people out there. I got a phone call from a very, I mean, very unhappy podcast. Your fault's advertising, and he called me every word in the book. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, every word. And I'm like, sir. Wow. Please calm down. This is not our fault. He didn't want to hear it. 
You didn't want to hear. I started hosting with you because you could get me on Libsyn. You, you know, da 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 da, and I'm not da 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 da, and I'm just, I'm like, it's not our fault. It's a global podcast ingestion halt. Not, yes. yeah, it's not just us. I say you're more than welcome to move your hosting somewhere else, but it'll be six weeks. <laughs> Well, let's be clear, too. They, they, I don't know what they told you specifically, Todd, but th- they did not say that they were going to stop ingesting. They were just um, – there was going to be was, delays I was told they were, up to four to six weeks. Uh, delays of four to six weeks with no new ingestion until they fix their back end. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear that level of detail. They were a little cagey about it, but, um, but so it was, we'll, we'll see. Well, right? Anyway, we'll yeah. see. I mean, so, I've I've sent them a, a list of shows since they they told us that, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what prompted our, our the response we got is we sent a batch that says, uh, and they, yeah, they sent me that email. But anyway, it's yeah, they're, they've got it, and it's you know that maybe they found out this thing's really popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and they we'll see. So, yeah, but yeah, it's not easy to run a, you know, it's, if you, if you look at what we do, we've got, you know, 500,000 shows, we pull 500,000 feeds every four hours. Uh, and that Rome doesn't get built in a day to do that. No, that's right. And you know? they, they probably didn't realize what resources they were going to need for this either. They, I mean, I'm sure that their engineers were just estimating, based on some calculation that they had that you know that they would get so many shows at a time and maybe we we surpassed it too quickly for them but i don't know though i mean if if they were putting out apis they had to realize that there was going to be a lot of people <laughs> you know i know that we on on the speaker side we built a you know a single button that you click in the the right. publishing platform and it would build a build a list but that was being set up so we could submit it via the api um, right. So it would be just like a one kick. It's the same thing we've had for years with iHeartRadio. So, um, you know, that's that's the kind of relationship that I want to get to. And I know probably everybody in the industry, yourself and Rob, w- wants to get to a single click submission process uh, in our publishing tools to all these platforms, even Apple, if it's possible. So uh, I would love to get there. I know that um, one player in the space uh, did it, <laughs> Anchor. <laughs> But they did it in a way that probably wasn't the best. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yes. Good yeah. luck getting your shows back, Anchor Podcasters. Yeah, exactly. They actually had had a, I don't know, you know, that must have still been a fairly manual process. Because if you're adding it to your site manager area, that was uh, that's a fairly manual process. So they must have had an intern. <laughs> Yeah, it was submitting that. all the shows. Yeah, yeah. Send, send them all to iTunes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all cool until those podcasters over there grow up and realize that they don't own their shows, listings, and try to get them back and go through that pain. Well, that and being able to get in and see their their Apple stats. Oh, right? oh no, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Why would you want to yeah. see our stats? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like how far people are listening into your content. All that stuff. I mean, it was a great kind of a marketing blitz that they that Anchor did, but they kind of they kind of didn't quite understand the space. 
<laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> called out on I got called out on Twitter the other day. I someone said, "What's the main difference between blueberry and uh, and uh, and anchor?" I said, "Well, blueberry's been in business for fourteen years. We're profitable. We have a business model that doesn't rely on VC money." And uh, it didn't go over so well with a couple of uh, anchor podcasters. Oh, you don't like new people coming into the space and disrupting? I'm like, no, I'm. It's actually been very good business for us because we're migrating a lot of anchor users over. So I'm, you know, I'm quite pleased. Uh, you know, with uh, anchors, you know, with uh, podcasters kind of grow up and they say, oh, I maybe I need a different platform. I, yeah. you know, we've lost one or two to anchor, but nothing that's like. I'm losing any sleep over. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's it's been a perception that, that I've had that maybe it's it's okay because it's kind of like a recruiting ground for new podcasters. You know? Yeah. 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 They they get into it. It's easy to produce a show on that platform, and then and then, like you say, then they want to want to move mm-hmm. it over to a WordPress site or something like that, or they gra- they graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They. They want to improve what they're doing, and that typically will take them off of anchor. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think uh, you know, I don't know. I've been kind of head down here this week with the uh, with clients on this travel I'm on, and yeah. I haven't been following too much. What else is going on in the news? You heard any other good stuff? Any rumors? Any? Oh, it's just we're in the middle of conference season now with podcasting, so I'm going to be traveling like i said down to la and and then up to pod summit up in canada i'm going to be keynoting up there here in the the early part of may as well so i haven't even cool. heard of that one um well we had a pod pod summit on um on the show last year so oh so that's continuing then yes correct you know so if you go to podsummit.com, you can actually see that that event. It's a it's a fairly small event up in kind of kind of central western Canada, up in right the, the Edmonton area up there. So it's a little north yep. of 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 Calgary. So I'm going to be flying up there and uh, doing that, and then I'm going to be back in in Portugal at the end of May at the Gen Summit. I'm going to be doing a podcasting workshop in Lisbon. <laughs> well, that would be fun. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever been to Lipson Tot or Lipson? I've never been there. Nope, never been there. Yeah, I occasionally so, s- I slip up and say, um, um, or uh, Lipson. hosting L- Lipson instead of Lipson. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. <laughs> so anyway. I've been been experimenting for just a little while with something uh, called Mastodon. Have you ever heard of Mastodon? Hmm. Well, I've heard of the. The animal Mastodon, but I haven't heard of this, no. <laughs> okay, so Mastodon is a decentralized social media social chat system. Okay. And um, the reason I I had heard about it on the Daily Source Code oh, six months ago, and they use it for their social social chat, and it's and basically you um, you have to run your own server. I, I paid for a service out of the European Union. Someone has a service over there and paying them, I don't know, I think 12 euros a month or something like that for, mm-hmm. or 10 euros a month for the service. And what it is, is essentially a pretty cool chat system. So I set one up for my personal show at geeknews.chat 
and um, users can sign up for an account, and then we can just you know socially share information in there. It's kind of like a private Twitter almost. Um, how I what kind of really um, got me interested in it is that on Geek New Central last week on Thursday, um, Kirk, my executive producer, found an article on Engadget or something like that that was talking about where all of the um, adult workers went after they pulled the plug on uh, the government did this seizure on Backpage and uh, personal listings went offline and Craigslist and it uh, talked about the um, all these um, folks going to this uh, going offshore and using a um, this Mastodon system so I set one, a channel up just for my own show, and we've been playing around with it for just under 24 hours. And it's pretty, it's pretty slick. It's an interesting way to um, – instead of a, a tweet, they call it a toot. And um, you can follow people and send uh, – it, it's, it's, it's real interesting. It's an open source platform, but I don't know if any of the podcasters out there have big communities – but um, it this might be something that they'll want to look at. I'm going to experiment with it. Again, I set it up my account ten uh, ten dollars a month or ten ten euros a month gets me uh, up to five hundred users. You can run this on your own server if you have if your own. I just didn't want to mess with it, so I paid someone to do it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if someone's out there, it's uh, essentially what they explain is Mastodon is a social network based on open web protocols and free open source software it is decentralized like email and it's built for real conversations with 500 characters at your disposal and support for granular content and media um multiple apps or ios and android and other platforms and so basically you you don't have to be the product you can run your own little social network on mastodon and uh you don't even have to call it Mastodon once you create it, but I call it the Geek News Mastodon chat. But uh, if anyone wants to check it out, I've got one set up at geeknews.chat. You'll be able to sign up with an email account and and log in. So um, we're going to – I think there's eight or nine people that have already signed up in 24 hours. Not that many, but it's something that uh, – I've always tried to get people to use Slack, and I just don't – I haven't gotten a huge number of folks that have moved on to Slack. For my community work, so I'm going to try this. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, getting that feedback coming back, I I still think Todd, and I don't know what you think too, is that it still feels like that audience engagement part is still pretty pretty much undeveloped in the podcasting space right now. I know you're trying to play around with these kind of tools, but it just seems like there's just, and I know Anchor's played around with this a little bit too, but trying to get better tools to get audiences to connect with your show. So um, I know we've all used email and things like that, but it just feels like, like the listening side, the listening apps need to do a better job of, of allowing listeners to give feedback to the show or whatever in an easier way as part of that experience. I mean, it's, that's something that Apple could work on as well. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that is, whether it's leaving like almost like voicemail messages or, being able to respond in the middle of the content uh, while you're listening to it, or I don't know. I mean, Todd, have you thought about those those type of needs in the 
in the podcasting space to have kind of better tools to have audience kind of connection and i mean i guess especially when you're doing like live like 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 right now it's great to have feedback i know there's a a person that uh, djg posted in their our comment thread here can i have a shout out but i asked him you know sure do you have a comment or question <laughs> so right <laughs> so anyway it's so you know having better tools to interact with your audience i, I guess on an on demand as well as a, a live basis would be would be great and i i don't know if these chat things like this mastodon thing todd if you think that that's the the end all you know best solution or do you think there's some innovation that can come here well you know here's the thing I, you know what i'm using now on the new com forward slash live page is i'm using chat roll and that costs me like 15 a month to have that on on the website because i be honest with you i haven't found a good on page web you know web chat thing and you know every once in a while someone will 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 comment on it so it doesn't get a lot of usage so yeah exactly um so i you know i think this uh, mastodon thing that i'm again set up at geeknews.chat was it could be a place where the community could come you know be honest with you i wish everyone would just it would be super engage on slack and we could just use slack because slack is so powerful um for sharing uh, articles links information images it's just it isn't it's truly a great place to have a, a community and 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 talk yeah. but you know not everyone wants to run a slack app on their desktop you know i have a, a slack app with how many channels here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven channels that I'm monitoring, mm-hmm. and I very rarely use email uh, in within those groups with those people because we're you know like this morning you and I Rob I sent you a note and said hey am I calling your Skype or what? So it's it, it really is a um, I don't know I I think that there's a lot of work to be done. And believe it or not, the folks that did it the best was Blip. They had a great, and it was simple. It was just this live stream down the side of the website. Yeah. And um, I don't know how how come it's so hard to replicate something like that. But we're not, you know, we're, when we're on Facebook, all we have is the Facebook comment area to go by. So there's really, you know, that's some <coughs> interaction that works. But you can only see like the last four comments. You can't scroll on it. If if uh, four comments are made and you miss it, you know you've missed someone's uh, someone's thread. So I think there is room. Uh, I think my goal here with this Mastodon thing was just to have the ability to, um, you know, try something new and and see if it works out. If it's dead in twelve months, I'll cancel it. Um, but I think right now it's it's pretty decent. Yeah, I just keep thinking about you know being able to click just like one button on your app on, on the phone, your listening app to to voice a, a, a comment back during during the listening to your show, and it'll pause the show or something like that or whatever, and you can give your feedback, and then it would would kind of kind of resume or uh, or just kind of like. Um, having that audio comment be converted into text or something and and have it get sent 
to the content creator directly or something. It just, it just feels like there needs to be an easier way for audiences to communicate with shows. And I think, you know, we're kind of playing around the, the edges of this with these chat clients that, that we're talking about. And I'm not sure that it's, it's going to, cause I'm not sure that many people listen to this show, um, off of the new media show.com live. Right. Page. Right. I just don't right. think people are going there. Um, people are listening on Facebook or they're listening on these other things. Now, granted, we're not on those today. I don't believe so. So we're probably missing a big chunk of our audience this week and they're going to have to catch us on the on-demand yep. side. Yep. They, yep. That's for sure. Yep. So I, I know I just we'll just have to keep an eye on this and see what happens. Again, I'm you know I'm always just about experimentation and it's hardly cost anything. So yeah, we'll you know give it a run and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I mean, do you want to talk talk a little bit more about NAB and things like that from the standpoint? I mean, we did panels down there uh, more from a content oh, yeah. perspective. I don't know if you got a chance, Todd, to to go over and see any of the the kind of podcasting tracks that were going on at the event. Um, did you get a chance to attend any of those? I did not attend any of the, you know, just what we participated on. Yeah. And believe it or not, the best, I think the best session we had, Rob, was that first one. That one was, we had no, you know, it's kind of funny. We walk up there, we say hello to our moderator who you and I had, I don't think I'd ever met her, had we? No, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we went into this thing cold and I think we rocked it. Um, yeah. you, and, you know, just do what we did, do what we do. We had a pretty big audience, a couple hundred people maybe, maybe not yeah. that, maybe a hundred. Yeah. And, uh, and then we went to, you know, on contrast, we went to the uh, NAB live show. Uh, the second, that my first day I went to NAB live show was really good. Uh, the yeah. guy that was coasting with, I knew. But the guy didn't even know who the heck I was. When the, I know he's like, oh, this is Todd Cochran from Geek News. And he, he, he it's like, oh, my God. You, you, yeah. I, I, you know, introduce you to as uh, working with podcasting companies introduces me as a podcaster, which was okay. But I just, you know, my ire went up right there immediately. I'm like, this guy has no, he had no clue who he, he had no clue who we were. Yeah, well, that and and even the panel that that, that we did that you I and Rob Walsh did um, later in the week. Um, the fellow that was moderating us really didn't know much about the podcast. Oh, that's either. oh yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just like well, yeah. So, so it, we got to we got to get back to it. Yeah, it was a clumsy oh. conversation, uh, unfortunately, on that show. We got to get back with NAB and say, listen, I don't know who, you, what, what made you pick the people that you picked, but please don't, don't do this again. It made it made us look bad. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I mean, I mean. Jeff Adams works with the broadcast beat folks and, and it would be, but they have a policy that you can't have, you can't be on more than one year with the same host or something like that. Um, so we wound up with a new host, um, that didn't quite know much about podcasting. So it was a difficult conversation. <laughs> yeah. Very, very difficult. And they, and some of the questions he asked, I'm like, how do I answer? And my brain, I never scramble. And I'm scrambling to say, how do I 
and I think I deferred once. I was like, Rob, you want to try this one? <laughs> you know, I kind of like I punted, you know, because I was like, I didn't, I didn't know how to answer it. it yeah. And that never happens, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's asking a question in a way that, you know, you don't want to embarrass the, the questioner at the same time that you, <laughs> I mean, you want to answer the question. So the audience gets some value out of it, but it, some of the questions were just nonsensical and you couldn't really kind of like, okay, how do I salvage this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so. Oh, I just, I was so, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is uh, what it is, and we just yeah. need to go back to NAB and say, hey, 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 this this did not add any value. Well, and, and the uh, the kind of the the podcasting track that was held there too, which was the the main thing that they they did there was, I know Dan and Jared from Podcast Movement, you know, attended and they gave gave me some feedback after it too, and they were just they weren't weren't really impressed with with how it was organized and i mean i hate to say it but you know not that many people attended it um so it was not hugely attended and i think i don't know entirely what the reason for that was you know it could be like what we've experienced in the past with just just the radio industry not really embracing podcasting i know that the nab wants that event to be something that podcasters go to not just radio people or tv people but I think they got a long way to go, you know, before that. But, you know, I was on a number of other – I did a number of other interviews. I did uh, three at the Live View booth, and wow. uh, one of them I got a whole 30 minutes because the next guest didn't show up, and the co-host oh. asked me to stay and fill. So I was on the Live View stream for about an hour total during the event, and – um, they had a huge, I mean, a massive audience. So that was, you know, we're talking all podcasting for, uh, that amount of time. And then I was on a couple of other, so I think, you know, the goal, again, it was part of my goal to make sure that I got as much, uh, outreach as I could to those media elements that were there to try to, um, get the word out on podcasting as much as I could. So, and obviously, I'm, I did a little pitching, of course, but it's, you know, that's what you do. Sure. I mean, it was good also from the standpoint that the, the NAB, kind of like their, their daily news publication that was... Um, oh, yeah. ...that they put out, there was a, a, a couple of days where podcast topic was right at the top, um, most featured article in this publication that was going out to all the attendees. I Actually, I have it right in front of me, and it was... Yeah. Uh, it says broadcast minds the podcast genre. That's what the headline was of the article, uh, and it did have a panel that had uh, you know Zach Braff on from the new Alex uh, TV show. That's you know he's a podcaster and all that stuff. Uh, it's the Alex Inc. Uh, TV show, which I I wonder who that was named after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from Mister. Uh, Gimlet, right? So, yep. so, and that's, you know, it's an interesting, you know, and it's hot. I know we haven't really talked about the whole aspect of how some of these um, podcasts are becoming TV shows. Now, I know my, my panel session at the, at, it, during the podcasting track at NAB had the guys that created the, the podcast series called Up and Vanished. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And it's this whole kind of this genre reality based storytelling stuff. And that was, that was really, if you look at what was really talked about a lot at the NAB show around podcasting, it was really focused on talking about storytelling podcasts, you know, and that's, I think that's, that that's where the industry is right now. I, you know, as we look at the timeline of the past, and I know you sent me an article that from Mr. Nick Qua talking about, you know, inflection points in the podcasting space. Um, I think this falls along with it too. I think we're in this phase of storytelling podcasts. I mean, that seems to be what everybody's focused on right now. Um, right. You know, in the past it was comedians and, and fictional storytelling with, with, um, you know, I, I think had its day in the sun and now we're in the kind of the reality based storytelling in this. And then also this conversion, taking a podcast and making it a television show seems to be picking up steam in Hollywood right now too. I don't know what you're hearing about that, Todd. Are you hearing uh, more talk around that these days? Yeah, just a little bit, but you know, I'm not really directly tied into too, too much Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'll hear about it down, you know, back, you know, when I'm down in LA coming up here in a couple of weeks, but um, it, it seems like that's, that's where the attention is right now. It's, it's this nexus between um, what's going on with TV. And, and I, I think it may be one of the reasons, Todd, you had people at the NAB coming up to you and talking about um, TV and podcasting. Is that this, this increased attention around that topic? Well, Rob, these weren't, these were, oh, I'll be frank. These were some serious heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, this this guy was the one of the main people that I talked to that uh, um, was a you know like top five within a very specific well known uh, pay network or pay movie network. I mean, uh, very big. Yeah. And uh, you know, when the guy takes time to come over and talk to me for an hour, it's uh, it makes you go hmm just a little bit. So well, there. They're content creators, right? I mean, they're yeah. oftentimes they're they're storytellers. I mean, if you're talking about like HBO or you're talking about Stars or some of these uh, Showtime or whatever, I mean, a lot of those companies behind those are, are I mean, a lot of them are already doing podcasting. It's right, just, right. It's just in a different, maybe a different division of the company. Um, so it just depends. You know, I've been working. You know, back when I used to work for Microsoft, I I had a lot of contact with. Um, you know, like Viacom and with stars and, and, um, Showtime and HBO and all those guys that were involved in podcasting. It's just that, you know, we went through a phase a few years ago where they just kind of really backed off from it a lot. Um, and it feels like they're jumping back in like the NBC universal folks. They just, they're coming back in with a hundred new podcasts. They're launching new podcasts, uh, all the time now. Um, so well, we're definitely not only in a that, new phase. Yeah. Not only that, they're putting significant budget behind it too. And that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of the funny thing. You think about TV, they're putting budget, significant budget on podcasts, and yet radio, you want them to talk about a little budget and they, they squirm. Well, maybe it's partly because radio doesn't have no money anymore. Um, yeah. No, I think that is a big, big part of it. I think that the TV side still is flush with cash. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the advertisers are still putting resources into TV 
probably even more so than they are radio. But it's you know TV's changing too. I look you know I I travel with uh, Apple Fire TV and I travel. Uh, well, that's I that's, I travel. I used to travel with a little mini Roku stick, but I the Apple Fire TV has a Roku app now. So I just I have an Apple Fire TV, and the first thing I do when I get in a room, new hotel room, I plug that bad boy in and and get it synced up to the Wi-Fi in the hotel, and I can watch the movies I want to watch. So TV's being disrupted everywhere. I don't have to watch the TV in the hotels no more. Yeah. Limited to twenty channels or whatever it is. Um. So TV's changing too. So and they're not going to be as disrupted because I think people are more prone to watch television series because it's a form of entertainment. We can disconnect and and leave reality for thirty five minutes. Um. So, and that's the way podcasts are too. I don't know if radio's capturing that anymore. No, it's. A, I was thinking about this the, the other day. Um, you know how we've transitioned around you know music and TV and movies and all this stuff um, from kind of you know an analog world to a digital world, right? We've made that jump, um, but for some reason, radio really hasn't made that jump um, in the same kind of scale or the same kind of way that the all those other media types have jumped. Um, and it does kind of make you wonder. I mean, because we're we're basically. I think we're carving out an entirely new medium here, and that's that's what's different here. It isn't that we're transitioning radio. It feels like we're we're creating something new. I mean, as you think about NAB, right? Um, NAB has added podcasting. It's not like they've broken podcasting away from radio, which means that even the NAB sees it as something unique. So you, you could draw the conclusion that NAB has put a stake in the sand that says that this event is about Radio, TV, um, and podcasting, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so we've kind of splintered that audio market, right, between radio and podcasting. It's two distinct things. It's not the same like television. So when people think about TV, they think about it as the same thing, whether it's digital or analog or cable or uh, over the top. It's the same content, right? Well, when mm-hmm. we think about podcasting between podcasting and radio, it's clearly distinctive, different content. Typically, it's yeah. not always repurposing. What we find is that repurposing that content doesn't always work. I think probably public radio is the exception. I think they they do repurpose broadcasts into podcasting and do it fairly successfully. And I think one of the reasons for that is is that they're more and more producing the radio side to be more friendly to the digital side at the primary production. Um, I don't know if that's the case for everything, but, but it does kind of feel, I mean, Todd, do you feel that tension too? And, and how these mediums have kind of separated and are charging down a different path, you know, between radio yeah, but and I, podcasting. Yeah. But you know, we've been working large, like madmen trying to bring them on the train, you know? Yeah. So, I just don't know if it's going to be we're going to be able to get it entirely done. I, you know, and they're going to want to call it radio. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I've got a I've got a word for them, and it starts with a tough beep. Yeah. You know, it's. I don't know. Podcasts are here to stay. Yeah, I don't know that they really ever had an opportunity to to call, um, podcasting radio, but I do hear some people that would still like to call it that like online radio (laughs) or on-demand radio right 
So anyway, I think you're right, Todd. The ship has sailed on that, but um, oh, it is different. Still there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, my connection cut out for a second. Yeah, I think that ship has sailed. I think that's what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I saw that you sent me an article from Nick Juan. I know I mentioned it before. Was there any other thing that you wanted to comment about that? That uh, I think no, was that, the three watershed moments in podcasting? Yeah. Well, you know, Nick is actually for the I, I would almost say there was something he said the other day and I, I didn't have much time to read it, but I got the gist of it in about thirty seconds that he was not happy with what was said at NAB by uh certain folks I think either from Gimlet or basically someone made a comment that uh, advertising is you know, podcast advertising is going programmatic. And he he's not he wasn't happy with that comment. Commentary. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if that was the full context, but there was definitely some comments he's made. All of a sudden, a, uh, a, 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 a arbiter of what's what's good or bad in the podcasting space, but yeah, I haven't thought of him well, as being kind of like a podcasting expert. Have you? No, he's a you know he's a he well <laughs> he's a show for the East Coast podcasting companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please don't send hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't ever hear from him. I don't ever see him. I don't ever. There's no kind of interaction. I don't see that he's in, really involved in the community that much, either. No, which is a little bit not. surprising. But I'll tell you, the best, uh, you know, that I still the two sources now that I'm going to. Uh, most consistently, um, let's see if I've got it loaded here. And so, of course, uh, pod to pod, and then um, getting the information from Pod News, the folks at PodNews.net, and uh, I, you know, those there's he's doing a good job of calling daily all the latest news. Um, yeah. So Mr. between Pod to Pod, yeah. Mr. Cridland. Mr. Yes. Cridlin. Yes. Uh, so, uh, and he's down, I think he's in either Australia or the UK. He's, I yeah. don't know where he actually lives, but, um, you know, those two, those two sources seem to be uh, pretty hot on, you know, as far as getting good content. Of course, then my team or, you know, over at podcasternews.com, they do independent write-up pieces, but... Uh, there, there's, you know, the news on podcasting is still strong. It's, it's huge. And, uh, a lot of stuff coming out of New York, of course, too. Yeah, exactly. So has your trip been going okay, Todd? You've been, been it, having it a good has, time? Yeah, it has. Very, very productive. And, uh, matter of fact, on Thursday, <laughs> I got back to the room and I had a show to do and the, uh, Kirk had gotten the show prep done and, and I, I literally drugged myself through the show, and I, I, I edited the – well, not edited, but I cut the ends on the audio and run it through Alphonic and, and got the ID3 tags written. And then I went to the blog post, and I wrote the blog post, and I published it. And next morning, <laughs> I started getting texts. I said, where's the podcast? And I did everything but upload the podcast. So I was that tired. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> the podcast was still on my sitting on my desktop, and I was like, "Oh my god, what a knucklehead you are!" So I had to break out my laptop, the parking lot I was at, uh, 
and upload the show and 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 publish it. I, everything was done. I just failed to upload and publish. <laughs> oh, jeez. Small little detail. Small detail, yeah. But yes. you know, what is you know something's going on, Rob. They need to turn the sun on because it has been cold out here. Ridiculous. Oh, on the East Coast, oh, huh? Yeah. yeah, it's still it's still winter. Wow, amazing. Yeah. It's starting yeah. to get it's it's starting to get warm on the west coast. So you got to you got to come west is. there, sir. It's yeah. Well, it of course it's flooding in Hawaii, so it's weird weather. Oh, everywhere. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Twenty seven inches in twenty four hours. Wow. So yeah, in Maui or Kauai, one of the two. Crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. But other than that, I you know I think it's just it's been a good week. Now, just for your programming note. Um, Next Saturday and Sunday, I'm crushed. So maybe we can do the show if your schedule allows for on Friday. Oh, okay. Next Friday. What's uh, what's the date of next Friday? Let's, uh, let's see here. That would sure be conflicts. Yeah, let me load the calendar. Looks like the twenty seventh. Yeah. Yeah. That should so work. I'll get with you. Yeah, I'll let you know a time, and um, it might have to be a little bit of a short one, maybe an hour long, but. Uh, so will you still be this. traveling, or will you be back in Hawaii? I have. Um, I'm doing a um, a weekend uh, training session for a client. So both Saturday and Sunday, where I'm doing uh, I'm doing my little mini boot camp. Oh, you are. So oh. yeah, I was on the fly, and they just they asked for it to be done, and I didn't have. I was like, oh yeah, I can dust the cobwebs off that, and so. That's been part of my thing, too, has been staying up late, freshening that presentation up. So I'm going to be doing a, a boot camp on the 28th, 29th for a private client. So you're on, on the road for that, or are you doing it virtually? No, I'm doing it in a – well, they're telling me they're going to have about 200 people there. So uh, we'll see. Oh, at a hotel uh, or something? or at a Yeah, okay. well, the co- conference center at a conference company's center. business. Yeah. Ah, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, Not a part of any official event, just a, just a, a private corporate. Yep, corporate private do, dealio. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, that sounds like a a good gig for you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the things we do to keep our podcasting clients happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I did hear that uh, <clears throat> some more things are bubbling around Rad. Here this past week. Oh, yeah, there's that. a there's, yeah, there's a meeting coming up. So, but did you hear anything else? Dead. It's not entirely dead yet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be two separate meetings for Rad. So, I signed up for both. I don't think. I hope they're virtual. I they're they're not going to be in their office, is it? I don't think so. I, I think okay. it's a call. I I think they're all calls. All right. So the whole well, good. rad thing is still bubbling. I thought. Yeah, I will have my had my fill of the East Coast by May fifth. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine, <laughs> <laughs> especially with the weather being so bad back there. Yeah, yeah. If it was a little nicer, it wouldn't be so bad. But you know, I yeah. brought a light jacket. I had to go buy a sweatshirt because I was freezing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Too thin a blood. All right, well, folks, I think we're pretty much burned out of content here, but uh, hope you enjoyed the show. And oh, one thing I was going to mention, Rob, this new blueprint thing by Amazon. 
no really way to create a custom podcast episode. I played with What's it this for blueprint uh, stuff. I'm not familiar with it. What's blueprint? Uh, it's it's at blueprint. Dot, I think it's blueprints.amazon.com. And let's see. If, let me find the address. Yeah, blueprints.amazon.com, and you can create custom skills. You can go like keyword. Tell me who's the best dad. He'll say, well, of course, Todd is the best dad. Or you, you can basically make it do custom responses to your questions or like um, babysitter instructions. You can say a uh, keyword. And I'm I'm not trying to say the L A L E X A word, folks. They say keyword um, babysitter instructions, and it'll, the, it'll give the babysitter oh. the instru- you know, specific instructions. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so check it out at blueprints.amazon.com. But no way to do an RSS feed or anything like that yet. Uh, I was hoping, but it's not possible. So they're going to to enable being able to create content with these things. Well, exactly. Custom content on a per-owner, per-device level. Yeah. Actually, I I made a comment about that on, on, on Twitter a couple months ago and, and CC'd Amazon about that, about how we could potentially use these, these, these uh, smart speakers as uh, microphones. <laughs> well, I think – I don't know if you can I, – I don't think it will ever come to – Sorry, I did have a mute button. I sneezed on you there. Um, they do have. Uh, I, I don't think we'll ever record podcasts with Amazon with a with a Amazon device. Do you think so? I was just. I mean, it was just a thought that I had that that you could create two way two way communications, kind of like what we do with Skype through these uh, devices, and and maybe they clunky. can. Yeah, but you know. It, it would be a way to integrate um, two things into one device. Um, I think that they have the opportunity to potentially do that um, to be able to have um, a, a you know a direct connection between two smart speakers and yeah. and have it uh, somehow record in the cloud. Um, yeah, and then also be able to take <clears throat> a listener audio comments in, into that stream as well. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I was just trying to think a lot. If you think about how pervasive these smart speaker uh, platforms are going to be, I think, in our lives over the next few years, you could conceivably see them being our our primary. Um, it could also replace our telephones, <laughs> our phones. Well, our, well, our voice, I know voice that- communications between between us all. Well, we made a couple of skills to um, – well, we're using it part of our customer support stuff and um, and logging data and that type of stuff. We're using uh, devices to do that. So um, I think but anyway, there's – Yeah, I think there, there's an opportunity there. I think if we think differently about these, these uh, smart speaker platforms, I think we've been locked into the mindset that they're, they're like – you know, we speak to them and then they give us information. But I, I think their ultimate use could be much more than just that. And that's that's why I'm throwing it out there is that, you know, I think we, we start imagining about how these devices could be used um, and, 
instead of thinking just about how they're being used today, I think, um, and I, Amazon perked up and they, they replied to my tweet and it was like, great idea. We gave that to, to our strategic planning team or something like that to, to do. So I don't know. We'll have to see if we see a, you know, a round of microphones coming out with, with the technology built into them. <laughs> That'll be but, interesting. But there is, yeah, but there is one topic that we haven't talked about that we probably need to Spend some oh, time on what's it. That, Todd? Um, GDPR. Oh, GDPR. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah. I, I have a favorite saying right now, and it starts with F and it ends with the EU. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a new acronym, Todd. <laughs> F E F E U F the E U Yeah F E U That's awesome. I, 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 I there's a few technology companies that could uh, get on board with that. Yeah. This GDPR stuff, I'm having three calls, th- no, three meetings a week on GDPR. Wow. It is Sorry, Todd. Oh my god. And yeah. I, I'd be honest with you, if 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 podcast hosts are not prepared, they're in for a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, sure, you know, we're, it's we're working on it too, so I know uh, it's a nightmare. It, it no, it, it my favorite saying applies. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, May twenty fifth is looming and. Uh, as I told the team, I said, "I'm, you know, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be ready, but I don't want to become the example. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't want to be the one getting a subpoena to go to the Prague and, uh, you know, having to explain my uh, privacy policy and how it's not uh, protecting my European customers. Yeah. You know, in, in in all reality, I have to. I, you know, we've got a huge UK. We've got a huge, you know, we got a huge foreign base. It's in the EU, and uh, this GDPR is man is not only for you know the the people that live in the EU. You know, they've been living under very tight privacy rules already. But um, for an American company to try to jump to the privacy level needed to satisfy GDPR. Which you have to, you have no choice. Yeah. Um, fines start at twenty million euros. Um, it's it's big, and yeah. because we're dealing with a lot of IP data, uh, all that has to be an, uh, anonymized and yeah. non, because they consider IP to be a personal identifying, uh, personal identifiable. So we live and breathe in the IP space. So. Yeah, and not only that, all the partners we work with and all the tools we use also have to be GDPR. And so, you know, we've got emails we're getting from our European clients uh, weekly saying, are you ready? Are you, you know, what's what's the status? And I keep telling them we'll be ready and we'll have more to put out soon. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's a it's a challenging time, and I think you know you can imagine what uh, what Facebook is going through right now when it comes to the EU. They're gonna get hammered. Well, it's small. If it's you know, I estimated that the cost 
for our implementation based upon the dev hours that I've had to apply to this over the past three months. Um, you know, I'm talking like 200k to have implement to implement GDPR compliance. Yeah, it's it's not a small bill. With if I account for employee time and salary and the amount of time I'm having to have the team work on this, it's it's a hundred and fifty to two hundred k bill to be ready. And how do small companies absorb that? You know, the most U.S. based companies can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you guys no. have to because you you know you guys are right in the thick of it. Yeah. Well, we're in the the European market in a big way, so yeah. Yeah, you, and your requirements are heavier than mine. I I don't think I have to have a designated an agent in Ireland, and but you you know you've got an office, so it's bada bing, bada boom. Well, I think we've we've pretty much moved uh, the organization to New York, though, so we're not oh. a a European based company anymore. But you so. still have offices overseas. Right. Yeah, they're they're kind of just just places where you know some common work areas for some employees, but but the well, company is really based in New York now. Well, still TikTok, yeah. TikTok. You have oh, a physical yeah. space. Sure. You're, the rules are even heavier for you, so it's crazy. But anyway, yeah. so for those of you that are listening, uh, GDPR compliance is big, and, and uh, it most- affects. Yeah, and for most podcasters, though, it's not something they have to worry about. Uh, Not too much. much. If your hosting provider is ready, you won't have to worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if your hosting provider is not, then you're liable. Yeah, if you're doing, I mean, is there some some vulnerability there for self-hosting people or or not? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah, but are they they really going to go after an individual podcaster that has a... Has a website with a podcast on it? Probably not. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. They're going to but go after the big pocket companies. They're going to go after Facebook and Google. But again, I, you know, I'm kind of in the middle here. I don't, I don't want to be the example. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. And plus, my part of it too is not that. Not only do I don't don't want to be the example, but my customers are saying you have to be. GDPR compliant, or we have to find another provider. Oh yeah, especially if you're dealing with some of these big media companies. Yeah, they're all, they're well, all even about small. It. Oh, even even individual podcasters are asking us these questions. Really? And wow. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not only what you do; it's who you partner with, who you work with. They have to have. They have to be compliant. If you have a tool on your website that is not GDPR compliant, and you're in the, if you, let's say you live in the UK, you know, Brexit thing is going on, but if you live in the UK and you are working with a company that is not GDPR compliant and data from your website is, I personal information is passing to that client and you have a breach. (gasps) Yeah. Fun times are on the way. Yes. Uh, no, they're not. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't define that as fun. <laughs> no. No. $20 so million it, dollar in fines is not fun. No. And it's, of course, that's, you know, subject to how bad the breach is, of course. But, you know, that's how bad it could get. 
So anyway, uh, we'll okay. be talking more about it. But yeah. if you don't know what GDPR is, uh, you, you'll adopt my uh, my phrase real quickly once you read through. <laughs> <laughs> Just do a look up in in Google under GDPR, and I'm sure you'll find and more than enough in- stuff to read. Oh, um, just let me be forewarned. Uh, take two Excedrin before you start reading. <laughs> <laughs> and drink coffee, right? So it's going to put you to sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not going to put you to sleep. It's going to make your brain explode, and you're going to go, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness so, they don't do it here in the U.S. It's only a European thing. Uh, uh, okay, but still, uh, okay, Rob. <laughs> Everyone's affected. So. That's true. That's true. It, it doesn't yep. matter. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Okay. Well, anyway, I've now everyone's like, oh my god, what's GDPR? That's right. So, now they're uh, all freaked out. Yeah. 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 And if your podcast company and you haven't done anything on GDPR, <laughs> oh, stand by. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, fun for the next. So, so what's what's next on the horizon? I know you're you're at kind of doing stuff next weekend. Is it? Um, I'm beyond that. Let's see here. What are, what's going? Yeah, on we'll, we'll play that by ear. I don't fly back until May sixth, so we'll, I think we'll be okay for the May fifth show. But I'll let you know. I'm actually going to be. That's when I'm up in Canada. Is on oh, the 5th. oh, that works so, out even better then. So, so I won't be around on the fifth, but I I will be available on the twenty eighth. Or on the okay. 27th, which I guess is when we're doing it next. So. Yeah. All right. So I got some, yeah, there's some craziness going on, but I'll, I'll we'll work through it. Okay. That sounds great. All right, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Right. If you got a comment on today's show, you can reach me at uh, Todd at Blueberry.com or at Geek News on Twitter. You can, Rob? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter uh, at Rob Greenley. That's with two E's. And you can send me an email, Rob, at... Spreaker or voxnest.com. You can uh, get a hold of me there. And Todd, I wanted to mention too, I sent you a new player embed that you can put on your website that'll actually have this live show going. I did. I did. You if did you already. update the page. Yep, I did. Okay. Awesome. So, all right. Everyone, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. Aloha.